0: Good morning and welcome to Dateline New Haven on WNHHFM. I'm Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines and the stories that make us tick. We're going back to the future today. We have a young man here who just, we're going to look back on the last few months when he's been the center of politics in New Haven and Hamden. Field director for the mayoral campaign of Liam Brennan in New Haven. a First term legislative council member in Hamden. And going to the future to think what this means next for him and for politics in our local community. His name is Abdul Osmano. He's only 21 years old. And he's already making an impact on politics in New Haven and Hamden. Good morning, Abdul. And thanks so much for returning. Yeah, no. Thanks, mm-hmm. thanks
1: so much for having me. Um, it's awesome to really be back here. Um, I remember being here like two years ago, um, alongside um, you know my now uh, soon-to-be departing council uh, member uh, Justin Farmer, um, as well as Miriam Khan when we made up the jam slate. So it's a uh, it's lovely to be back.
0: And jam was. Uh It was democrat socialist voted jam mean justin abdul Abdul marion all right miriam's construction so you know you fit you just finished school you told me southern connecticut state university but you've had this real life education in local politics and first I, i want to talk to you about being field director for and really the most visible staffer for liam brennan who ran a primary challenge for democratic mayoral nomination to incumbent justin Ellicker. on the one hand you guys really accomplished a lot it was a busy field and you were the only ones who made it on the ballot in this very difficult process to petition on the ballot you were the only kind of visible you know people had a lot more money you were the visible candidate candidacy that got a lot of attention a lot of signs up in town but in the end you didn't get tons of votes it was low turnout you had only 30 percent of that he beat you 70 30 So what was that experience like? What did you learn from it? How do you look back on it now?
1: Uh, Heading into that, like I had a faint understanding (coughs) of, you know, New Haven, uh, living in proximity, then also having like lived two years of my life actually in New Haven uh, when I was younger um, and understanding like New Haven a little bit. Um, But I'm coming away with, you know, a much better understanding of like the city as a whole um, then also just, you know, ideas of like what really is possible um, and, you know, the real need to continue pushing that.
0: Did you think it was possible when you came on the camp on the on the campaign that Liam Brennan could defeat an incumbent when there was no huge scandal in town and that kind of thing?
1: Um, I think that coming into it, we knew it was an uphill battle. Uh-huh. Uh huh. If you asked anybody that was not on the campaign in February, they probably would have told you that they didn't expect us to make it all the way to september yeah um especially in like a field that was that crowded um, where i remember it really being early on where folks were like oh this is like a nice campaign with really great ideas but you're only going to like finish third or fourth mm-hmm. um so i think coming into it there's like a little bit of a feeling of being like an underdog uh, which like i have no problems with because there's been you know many areas um in my experience where like i felt like an underdog of sort. Um, and you know, all it really leaves to that is just, you know, continuing to grind and put that work in, um, and continue proving people wrong, um, which is really always fun.
0: That's fun. So you, you proved them wrong about how you're going to emerge as the second candidate. You know, a lot of times when people run work in politics, mostly out of idealism, as opposed to a quest for personal power or the kind of like trading to get more influence, there's often that kind of hangover day. After election day, when the polls come in, and even though you kind of knew intellectually, you might get slammed. When you look at the stark numbers, at least I've known that in the past, it's kind of cold water across your face of idealism, baby. Did it feel that way when you lost 70 to 30?
1: I think that um, when we lost 70 to 30, it uh, wasn't necessarily the margins that we thought it would be. Um, but I think that's where uh, one of the first questions I actually asked Liam um, when I met with him right before joining the campaign uh, is that second to winning uh, what do you want this campaign to be about because uh, you know the number one prime goal of any campaign is to win um, but second to that like what do you want your impact or you know so to speak legacy to be um, in terms of this campaign um, and he told me straight up it's pushing the issues um, that really matter to him um the issues that he's you know been pushing for for years um so you know looking at those you know results and margins uh is a little bit of a uh kind of just like you know having that like hit you in the face uh, and kind of like learning how to like understand and like deal with that um is quite a bit um but you know looking back on it um we ran the campaign that really we really did want to run uh-huh. Um, and uh, there's, there's much more to really be analyzed uh, weeks and weeks out because it's still kind of really fresh, Um, but there's not really a whole lot to really be ashamed of. Uh, oh, we no. ran the campaign there's, that we really wanted
0: to There's nothing to be through. ashamed of. Yeah. I mean, when I looked at it as a reporter, I was very impressed. I mean, it never got nasty. I mean, there's another candidate who's desperate because he doesn't get attention. He's picking on drug addicts, yeah, right? You right. didn't do anything like that. He's making wild accusations of corruption you know it's like you didn't do any of that it was never ad hominem it was really issues focused and it was smart yeah. i mean we were surprised at how many issues stories tom breen and lauren and Nora did that were really interesting you know you talked about do you cover up these wide streets to create more room for affordable housing do you how do we reform our zoning code what kind of how much could we push the limit of not arresting certain people and have public support for that to rethink how we do policing and those are good issues. Yeah. And, and those are the
1: issues that people really need to hear and be exposed to because those conversations. And I, I remember thinking honest.
0: when I started reading those articles in The Independent, I was thinking, this is why we want campaigns. Yeah. And when you run a campaign you know, there are there people who get elected to major offices who lose by big margins but run respectable campaigns and then they get backed in it. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of.
1: Yeah, no. Absolutely.
0: But, but I mean, there is that cold water. <laughs>
1: yeah. Cold. <laughs> They're like, holy cow, 70,
0: 30. Like, we were around here. And we were so right. <laughs> what else did you learn about New Haven? You said you saw New Haven, New Way. Um, Next, I, specifically.
1: Uh, I think just, like, the intricacies of, like, different neighborhoods. Um, where Give me like, some examples. Like, it's weird. If you asked me what the difference between Dixwell and New Hallville was, um, before, like, I hopped on this campaign, like, I might be able to give you, like, a quick little rundown, but, like, now I can just, like, talk to you about, like, just, like, oh, yeah, this is, like, the vibe of, like, Well, Dick's- tell me that,
0: because I have this, like, stuck being an old guy. My thing always was Dixwell was rental, the yeah. oldest black neighborhood rental. Hollywood became a majority black neighborhood much yeah. later. It was a homeowner neighborhood, yeah. but then that shifted after the crack epidemic, and now it also has become a largely rental neighborhood, but no big housing development like the one and then the Dixwell's like they had at Elmhaven, but then Dixwell became sort of the now the up and comer of the black neighborhood because of all development going on and the improvement of what was Elm Haven. whereas New Hallville with this sort of section 8 landlord seems to have been sliding a bit. Is that the right vibe?
1: Yes, that is just about like the right.
0: Cuz um, I'm very interested what you saw it with fresh eyes, yeah. you know, cuz we get stuck in the past all people.
1: Yeah, no, that is you're exactly spot on. Like those were like some of the differences that I really saw in for example like a Dixwell um in New Hallville um where like a lot of times we just like clump them together, but it's like no, they're like completely different like neighborhoods with like different histories. Um, and if you're to really come to them and, you know, have a conversation about the issues, it's really important to really have that in mind.
0: Tell me about a day in the campaign trail that sticks out in your mind.
1: I think that, (laughs) I think a day that really sticks out in the campaign trail in my mind, uh, for a really specific reason, um, was when we were petitioning, um,
0: to get on the ballot, to
1: get on the ballot. Um, I think it was really early on uh it wasn't
0: that much time so it couldn't have been too early no. you only a two weeks
1: <laughs> yeah it flies by really quickly i'm actually thankful that it flies by really quickly because there were some days that were like really brutal um especially when we had that like really bad heat wave uh towards the beginning of it um bad what a uh, bad heat wave
0: oh yeah yeah um, two weeks right
1: yeah i've never actually gotten sunburned on my legs until then um but yeah i think uh So you know, like you said, like I'm I serve on legislative council um in Hamden, and you know my duties in doing my job did not disappear with the campaign. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was kind of I had the issue bring brought up to me of like a constituent uh, that was about to go to court with a homeowners association, um, and possibly was that the is
0: that the complex where there was like they built on some fault and then the the condos were all messed up and yeah this the person's pine investment was destroyed rock, the yeah, pine rock condos? yeah. Yep, y'all
1: did an interview y'all did yep. a, a article on that yeah yep. Grace did yep so they actually uh one of the ladies living there was actually about to be uh evicted. they were about to f- be evicted uh, and you know i'm like petitioning um so like i have that duty but then i also have like so constition. what'd you do um i pretty much liaised the situation um alongside like the town um, and we were able to kind of push the court date back uh, for the eviction proceeding. And is that because
0: you were busy, or because you wanted to give her more time?
1: Um, we wanted to get. That was the only real recourse, because um, you know there's like a state bill that it's like coming through, um, that's like going to be able to like give funding um, to folks that have been like affected by these issues. Um, and is
0: a pushback enough that you can get the money to stay in?
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: And we're talking to um, Abdul Samad, who just had a very interesting few months. Running for re election to a second term on the Hartford, I mean, the Hamden Legislative Council. He was the field director, most visible and uh, local person working for the main Democratic primary campaign, Liam Brennan. And he's only 21. And he's here on Dateline, New Haven, Lenovo 3.5 M, Lost G, New Haven, org. So let's talk about that, pro- that petitioning process. Yeah. Okay, you know, I'm cranky about this. Obviously, the Democratic Party can set its own rules for how you get on a ballot. So it's very easy to get on a general election ballot in New Haven. You basically have to. Go out of your door for two minutes and get a couple of people sign a petition. You can run for Alder. You might have to spend a day to get mayor. But they said it almost impossible to get on the primary ballot. You have to wait until the Democratic convention is over, nominating the official endorsed candidate for the party, even though you know you're not going to get that endorsement. Then the clock ticks. You have only two weeks to get 1,600, is it, valid signatures yep. of Democratic voters. And because you can... Do it as best as you can, honestly, and still make lots of mistakes. Turns out a person was, wasn't registered when they thought. Their name was written wrong. You really need well over 2,000. You need like 50% margin. And in only two weeks, I, you know, where well, you guys are out there doing that, Abdul, yeah. I'm not great at math. And I just kept trying to do math in my head and trying to figure out how it was even possible. Like how many hours there are in a day. So, you know, you need, let's say, 2,400. You have, four, let's say, 2,800 or 20, uh, what's a good multiple of 14. Let's say you need 2,100. Yeah. Uh, signatures that are valid at 2100 signatures you have 14 days that would be what is that a day like 150 a day Mm. so if a good hour you can get what 10 if you're really lucky if you go to stop and shop like you guys did and people aren't just yelling at you can you get 10 in an hour
1: oh yeah I think like the baseline was like to try to get 10 in about 10 an hour sometimes if you really so you need 15
0: hours of work straight for 14 days and have those good hours because I did petitioning years ago when I was your age (laughs) <laughs> I hate to sound like that for a third party candidate <laughs> for president yeah and i remember what it was like hour after hour and how much you had to work for each signature if you yeah. go to busy places so did you have you must have had 15 hours worth of labor on the ground every day for 14 days
1: um yeah but i mean like we didn't really do it alone we had a really phenomenal team like how many um, people about, like, 15 or so, a team of 15.
0: So they each put an hour a day, 14 days, if they did it right. Yeah. And how did you make sure you did it right? Because other campaigns failed and had it rejected because the rules are so stacked against you that even if you have a lot of energy, like another one of those other candidates, they really still get a lot rejected. So you can mm-hmm. hand in the number that's it's not there. How did, how did you do it so that it could work? What did you know going in and how did you
1: succeed? Okay, before, like, to preface that, like, we decided to not participate in like the convention you know we decided to you know you are going to get the delegates yeah, yeah like you know should show goodwill to you know the process um and, and the folks that are a part of that process because uh, you know we're not too good to like you know not
0: there was a candidate in 2013 who went there and said how he was above the process and this is dirty and bad i, I like how you guys did it <laughs> yeah we're like you we're need not those people now. eventually these are everyday people who work on award committees they see it that way you're going to need them if you win
1: yeah um, so, you know, that, that I think um, kind of gave us the ability to really focus and hone in um, ahead of time um, of the work that we were really going to put in to get on the ballot um, to petition because that's how we knew we were going to get on the ballot. Um, so, we had, you know, a really good program, um, you know, with our uh, field organizer. Um, so, well, what did
0: you specifically do? What was your role in all that?
1: Um, my role uh, was to make sure that we had, you know, volunteers like, you know lined up
0: and where'd you find them
1: um most of these people were already plugged in and connected to the campaign and supporters it was just like the ask and push of like hey like this is do or die like help us get on the ballot um but yeah just making sure that everyone was like really like well trained
0: and then make sure they were voters in new haven right that they
1: were voters in new haven what about the middle
0: initial thing is it true you need if they use the middle initial on the voting list do they have to use the middle initial when they sign it
1: I don't actually.
0: But you have to make sure the the signature can be read.
1: Yes, you just number one thing is you have to make sure like the signature is legible. And the one thing that we just kept beating down on every single volunteer was that you are going to ask this person, "Hello, you know, sir, ma'am, um, whatsoever, um, are you a registered Democrat in New Haven?" Like I like in fact I had said that that phrase so much that by the end of petitioning, like I would accidentally say that um, to people. Did you,
0: you ever in your sleep, do you have any dreams? You say, Excuse me, you're a registered Democrat, and there's this thing blob that comes out of the ocean, and they say, No,
1: probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's just like, Yeah, that's like we just drilling that down. It's like you're going to ask that. Um, and for whatever folks you might lose, because um, that's like a super personal question. Um, it ensures like the validity of your signatures are going to And it be still
0: doesn't changed. ensure because people could be confused There are a lot yeah. of people we found out now through DMV registered then didn't even oh, yeah. realize they weren't putting the party Yeah What was your goal of how many you were going to get?
1: I think that our goal was probably somewhere around like 3,000 Like our perfect, perfect goal was like yeah. 3,000 And what'd um, you get? We got about like 2,600
0: Oh, that's a good number How many were rejected? You don't know, right?
1: Um. Yeah, I'm not sure how many were rejected Yeah uh, but. And so,
0: what else in that process did you did you, uh, did you double check it by voter lists, or was that too time tedious if you could get ten an hour?
1: It was too time tedious, um, and we really put work and faith into making sure that like the you know margin for error of the col- uh, signatures that we collected was you know as low as possible. So
0: the first. Barry, the first barrier you cross a margin of error was to ask some of the registered voter understanding that it was worth losing some of those who might make an honest mistake yeah rather than have all the time built like, in to check it
1: yeah like are you a registered democrat in like yes there are some people that i do like clearly remember that sign and they accidentally were like oh i'm from woodbridge and it'd be like, just like eye roll because like i said you hate it, like, five <laughs> times uh, and
0: did, where did you decide where to deploy people
1: um so there are people that you know we allowed to just independently do their things in their neighborhood because like they understand you know and it's a good way to guests. get a message out about the campaign by the way yes oh my god absolutely perfect um I, I think that you know towards when like the numbers were really trending um in a really great direction as for our petitions i really started to think about it as that uh and like maybe take a little bit more time uh to actually like you know talk to folks um uh, and how do you
0: get 10 an hour you can't do that knocking on doors, right? Because no. people don't answer ten doors S- an hour.
1: So we had some people um, that you know decided uh, and like knew their neighborhood well enough that you know were able to canvas it um, with great success. Um, but you really just have to find people where they are.
0: So besides Stop and Shop, where'd you go?
1: Um, we were around like Orange Street, like uh, like where. Like, you know, around, like, Mika's, like, uh-huh. ar- around, like going up and down, like, Orange Street, um, you know, State Street, um, around, like, the East Rocky side of State Street on, like, a good night, um, you know, there's really good foot traffic, um, but then we also had to learn about places that, you know. Like,
0: where'd you learn was a dud you thought would be good?
1: Um, downtown.
0: That's interesting. Tell me about that. People not enough people from here.
1: Yeah. There's just like the the percentage of people that you will encounter downtown um Who are eligible. That are eligible is like lower than you would actually
0: think. And where were the best places? Nika's Nika's Where on uh, State? Like, like where where Gather is?
1: Yeah, around like Gather. Yeah. Um but I think the the real money maker was stop and shop in like uh Walmart. Yeah.
0: Oh you see so you went out through to eighty and you went to both stop and yep. shops? how about um c-town are there too many undocumented people so they're not registered
1: um no actually we didn't go to c-town but we went to um the key foods mm-hmm. um, oh that's that's what that is now yeah. yeah um and how was that no it actually worked pretty well um that was more towards like the end um where like uh we were just like running through like places well, what happened the stopped?
0: first day either when you were I, I assume you also signed up some people
1: uh on the first day
0: no in general were you petitioning too oh yeah, yeah yeah so both as the person in charge of the petitioners yeah and as the person also one of the people going out what happened at the beginning did it go as you planned did you have to pivot did something happen that surprised you we well, pivot away from downtown
1: we had to pivot um so what was the pivot uh i think it was partially downtown um i am blanking on what else but i do know that our first day was not the most impressive day um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of just the act of having to make up for that in like the following days, um, to get make sure that we were back on pace um, for you know making the number.
0: Abdul Osmanu, field director for the Liam Brennan for Mayor campaign, in the Democratic primary, and running for second term legislative council in Hamden. So the results came in, and here's the part that surprised me, and maybe we shouldn't have. Mm. You guys lost 30 wards, which actually didn't surprise me. I thought you had a shot in 25. Mm-hmm. You did a lot less than 26 than I was expecting in Upper yeah. Westville, and I think that's because their ward, one of the ward co-chairs is the one who gets out the vote for Ella Kern. She's pretty dynamic. Yeah. Um, but 18 in Morris Cove. <laughs> so now here's the neighborhood that is the most MAGA in New Haven. Yeah, It's the most conservative, the most against the main planks in the Liam Brennan campaign. You guys wanted to rethink policing for a lot fewer arrests you wanted to build more densely rather than nimby and this is a a a neighborhood that like you guys are on the far very much left of the democratic party this is on the center of the republican party even the democrats there Mm -hmm. with with some definite exceptions how did how did that be the one ward where you came with like double digits almost the winning
1: first of all i actually love you short um uh I, th- I think that was like one of my places their favorite places to really be around um during the campaign um i think one of my takeaways is that it's not as conservative as some people would like think it is mm-hmm. um but even besides that um i think that's where you know the theory of you know presenting yourself as you know honest of a candidate um and understanding that you know getting people to vote for you isn't like you know asking them to you know be your life partner mm-hmm. um and you know really speaking to the issues that like matter to them most um uh, and really you know taking time to hear from them and understand those issues well let
0: brennan is white yeah shafiq Abdul another candidate who didn't quite make it is black
1: yeah.
0: he tried to get the easter vote by coming out full-fledged against expansion of the airport. By coming out against the way the city got rid of the Christopher Columbus statue, because Italian Americans who are very conservative, some of them still live in the East Shore, some of them moved to suburbs, very much against the removal of that statue by which was supported by civil rights activists mm-hmm. and black activists. And he came out and embraced their shore and he wanted to cut their taxes because they live near an airport, which means people in other neighbors have to pay more. But he didn't get the support. So how did you guys get the support?
1: We just brought like our honest, unabashed platform. Um, You know, where folks might not have vibed with, like, our criminal justice stuff. Um, But, you know, some of the Which part did they? um, Education. What was it? Um,
0: What was your education they agreed with?
1: I think one of the things that (coughs) they really agreed with on education um, was the fact that, like, cool, we have, you know, 80 or so vacancies. Um, We need to make sure that we're really establishing, like, a long-term strategic goal of where we want to go. Whether we're talking about, like, class sizes, teacher pay... uh, and, you know, a multitude of other issues around there. Um, another thing that I think that they uh, were kind of sympathetic because, you know, like, you had other candidates that, like, came really hard against um, the airport um, where, you know, I believe that, you know, our campaign stance was like, cool, we want an environmental impact statement.
0: Um, and, now, the, here's the cynical view. Yeah. They just wanted to punish Elliker because he was this liberal who also who took down the statue. Yeah. And, okay, you did too, but didn't get back at him. But also, when you're in office, you look at the airport differently. Mm -hmm. So his point was they've done the environmental impact statements already, so that's a fake issue. You're just trying to punt Mm -hmm. so you can get the votes of people who are mad at him for having to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Is he right about that?
1: I think that, you know, I would have, if you asked me how I felt about that, I probably would have felt the same way. Um, about you know, similar to what he said um, months and months <laughs> I, ago. I
0: thought you guys punted because it wasn't a big issue for you, so I lose the votes.
1: Yeah, no, I think, and that, there
0: are legitimate environmental concerns for sure. Know, there's
1: actual legitimate yeah. environmental concerns, and it's one thing to like hear about it, but like to actually be there and hear like, the noise. Yes, here hear the noise. Like I'm like canvassing and talking to someone, um, and just like you know, uh, an airplane engine just like revs up. You know, I I, I feel you know the force of it. But how about
0: the argument that you move near an airport?
1: I I understand that, um, but I I think that's not really the question. It's about the expansion and like the actual long term like environmental impacts yeah. of that. Because if you've breathed like had the chance to breathe in those fumes uh, while those planes are idling, you will be nauseous and sick. Mm. And to think of you know what the long term impacts of that, I don't think that you know saying that you decided to live uh, near an airport really suffices and actually comes from like a genuine like human place of care for other people
0: that's fair fair enough and then how about defund the police so liam and a lot of people joined the campaign uh-huh. really want to rethink police and elica yeah. said we did the we did a no, um a, a, an outreach team that's taking some calls the long-term goal there's only ten thousand out of yeah. more than a hundred thousand a year but it's a start yeah you guys wanted to think more about like liam had a really interesting moment at the candidate debate where he said how many people here have know someone your family or friends who have been trouble with drugs would it help them to be in prison and nobody raises their hands so mm-hmm. he's saying you know arrest fewer people but it's it's a loser in a lot of neighborhoods as an issue because the way it's been defined how did you navigate that
1: i think that you know part of it is and it's one of the things i admire about liam so much um it's you know if he, there's an issue that he is passionate about he will put himself out there on that issue um and if he has to you know go through the process of like uh tirelessly explaining himself on you know why he believes that he'll do it, um, and he's not necessarily afraid of you know the blowback that may come because. Okay, of
0: that. I realize times go a little faster. I thought Abdul, you've been you're only twenty one years old. You've already served a, a, a term on the head Hamden Legislative Council, which is a city councilor. Yeah, you came in with a team of people from Democratic Socialists of America. Yeah, you wanted to bring progressive change. How did it work out, and why are you running for a second term?
1: I think that um, it worked out pretty well. I think a lot of the um, ideas and projects that we really had um, were regarding to, you know, like police record retention, um, like the remediation of, you know, crumbling foundations. Um, in was that? Tell me about that um so this is actually a it's it's not only like the pine rock condos in my district it's actually more prevalently um in the new hallville community in justin's uh district Mm -hmm. um where you have you know homes um you know that are sitting on brownfields um they have you know structural foundation issues Mm -hmm. um and you know there's the need to actually you know help Those folks, and know, what happened?
0: What help were you able to get?
1: Um, so we were able to put 3.5 um, million dollars as a start, um, for our, our town Arpa. money, yep, our yep. money, um, to really you know remediate that. Uh, that's great, and also you know begin to get like a better idea of like the actual scope. Um, this mm-hmm. 3.5 probably is not going to be anywhere near mm-hmm. um, what's needed, mm-hmm. um, to you know do uh justice to the people of Newhallville as well as you know uh, the Pine Rock condo area. And what's
0: it um, with police record retention?
1: Um, so we had that interesting thing where, uh, like, we had like the records our, disappeared yeah, records about disappeared, complaints, destroying kind of just like putting like guardrails around <laughs> that. Where it's like cool. Let's just make sure this doesn't. So happen what did again. you do? Um, I think we tightened up the uh, accountability around that, um, mm-hmm. as well as the schedule uh, in which, like, you know, records are allowed to be uh, destroyed.
0: So you have to retain longer. Yeah. And then what other issues did you feel you made progress on specifically so, education, tenants, zoning? Yes,
1: yeah, so the housing ordinance um, where we were able to pass you know, our version of it because uh, you know, New Haven has their version of it. Um, but in ours, we actually allow tenants to like, collectively um, complain. Um, to yeah. what, your fair rent commission? Yeah, to our fair rent commission. Um, and yeah, that kind of served as the basis to like revitalize our fair rent commission, give it a little bit more teeth. Um and make sure that you know we give uh, tenants the opportunity to really have their concerns. Are
0: these your biggest? And that's a lot. You feel takeaways that you feel accomplished stuff your first term.
1: I th- yeah, I think my most favorite accomplishment was um. So there's like a I got like a inf- money put towards like an infrastructure project in my district. Um, it's an area that has been like dealing with flooding for like years and years. I believe like actually decades um it ruins the streets Um, from what i've heard from other constituents um, it actually has been known to sometimes create flooding so bad that like cars actually get dragged across the street which which area is that Uh, beaver street Mm -hmm. and Um, what did you
0: get what kind of money and how much
1: so um i'm blanking on how much it was just under like a million dollars we're going to be redoing some of the drainage work there. Uh, we repaved the street. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I had really in mind was like, cool, we're not just going to repave the street. Cause if it continues flooding, it's actually going to deteriorate the street and we're going to be back here, um, trying to save this home, you know, uh, you know, solve the same problem. Um, mm-hmm. so we got, you know, capital funds towards, you know, uh, fixing drainage. Um, and then, you know, we're able to repave the street and that's actually going to probably be going into some more, um, drainage work that actually And that's like,
0: town capital money. Yeah. Did you ever think, so you go to conferences on democratic socialism, remember democratic social America, yeah. does this, do these issues fit into how you envision socialism? What do you think democratic socialism is and how does it fit into yeah. like flooding issues, tenant organizing, police accountability and crumbling foundations?
1: Yeah, uh, I think that it really does fold into, you know, democratic socialism as an idea because um, this, when we're doing this work, this hasn't really been us alone um like for example that uh drainage work that i was talking about was really done in concert with like other constituents in the area that actually had the idea of themselves um canvassing Mm -hmm. the neighborhood um and doing you know turnout work to you know show up to council um, and show them some real good people power Mm -hmm. um but i think you know some of the other work that we're talking about is really giving people in our town um power um and you know empowering them that you know like cool you're a part of this community i may represent you um, but we are better for it um, if we are empowering you and giving you the opportunity to have some sort of, you know, power and agency over your own, you know, you know, your own town that you live in and pay taxes in.
0: I gotta tell, even from your like canvassing East Shore to talking about how you've been able to get some stuff over the goal line in just one term, it seems like. You're pretty optimistic after two years in the weeds of, like, frustrating local politics and government.
1: Yes, I am optimistic. In fact, now I'm optimistic as ever. I think that um, Liam's campaign actually revived a little bit of optimism. Um, So I'm actually looking forward to going into this uh, second term, you know, full steam ahead.
0: And who ran against you the primary?
1: Um, His name was Delroy Crawford.
0: And what was the outcome?
1: Um, I won by about 30 votes. That's close. My district is, like, you know, 5%. Okay. Well,
0: congratulations. Well, thanks for coming on. And thanks for being in the trenches and caring about how our community works and trying to make change at a young age. I hope that you can keep it up. We talked before you went on about making sure that after the crazed periods, you get some time for reflection. Yeah. No,
1: thank you to everybody that, you know, pushed me to take that time to reflect and rest.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm excited to see someone with your youth and energy feeling revved up to continue working in local politics and government. So keep it up. Yeah. Thanks. And we're going to thank Harry Droz as well for working the controls. We're going to take it out with the Afro-Semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Feel to Be Free from the group CD A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day, all night, and all weekend long. And for those of us who are going to watch the gates of heaven close for one more year and plea for atonement and redemption on Monday, I hope we have an easy fast. And another year of life. This is one of fam live streamed at newhavenindependent.org Dateline New Haven.